Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And welcome to User-Friendly 2.0. We've got a great show for you this week trying to figure out what we can do recording remotely to keep our social distancing up but still have some new content out there. And we've got some great stuff coming. We're going to be interviewing uh, a guest named Sandy Lene who's going to be talking about some books she's written and some television she's produced. That's coming up for you on the show. Also going to be talking about coronavirus or COVID-19 in the news here. Some of the scams that are out there. Jeremy and Gretchen, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. So how are you guys faring really quick here on our having to stay home? Uh, Well, I've painted some stuff. I've built some stuff. Um, Worked on my book. Yeah, trying to figure out how to how to do a walk in in our area so that we can get enough distance from everybody, but still get distance on our uh, fitness our trackers. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're saying getting the exercise is definitely still good. So we'll be visiting that a little bit more over the coming weeks. Our new segment today is sponsored by the folks over at WeAreTechnology.com. Need a website? Need an application? Check out their page. We are technology. We are technology.com. Just still going on even with the. Uh, COVID-19, now is a good time to look at your business and get your website updated. What do we have in the news today? All right, server, 2008, end of life is upon us. Yes, it's that time again. We talked about the end of Windows 7 a few years ago and some of the other things Microsoft is ending, and now we're seeing the end of life of server 2008. So this doesn't affect end users as much. It's more a business thing. People that uh, are running server generally are larger organizations. There's some different versions of this for small business, but it's unlikely it's something you'd have in your house on your own computer, uh, unless you're me. And um, <laughs> so seeing, seeing the end of life on this, to me, isn't a bad thing. I was unhappy to see Windows 7 go, uh, but this particular version of uh, Server and I have not been friends. The new one is a lot better, in my opinion. But if you haven't updated yet, you should, because from a business standpoint, when you stop getting the updates, it's actually a much bigger deal than end-user computers and can actually open up security problems for a lot more just stuff. Amazon delaying shipments on a number of tech products. Yeah, and it's not limited to tech products. What Amazon's doing is they've withdrawn the delivery commitments on Amazon Prime and everything else and is now focusing on things that are of priority during the uh, COVID crisis. And a lot of tech items, I was looking at this, are delayed out about a month. Um, but I'm also noticing wow. it under certain other products, and it's just uh, something that we're going to you know, be dealing with. I do think it makes a lot of sense for them to be focusing on priority products right now. The only thing that this does seem to affect is as a lot more of us are working at home, especially for anybody that didn't have a home office, this does make it a step harder to be able to get equipment if you need it. Now, another location you can go to this if you have one is Best Buy. They have closed their stores. They're not allowing people in the store, but they are allowing you to order online and do curbside pickup in most places as they put it any place that legally allows it. So that's another way to be able to get a hold of equipment right away. But we are having to adjust to some of these changes. Yeah, even Jeremy uh, has an order from Amazon that's um, it's a bit taking delayed. forever. It was a costume piece that he ordered like a month ago. Yep. It's still not arrived. So, yeah. U.S. Department of Justice orders first shutdown of websites over coronavirus fraud. Yeah, and we were talking about some of these things in Tech Wednesday this week, about a lot of these different kind of fraud schemes that are coming up with coronavirus. They're using emails for phishing attacks and some other things. And 
For the details on all of that, you can check out our blog at TheAnswerPortland.com under Tech Wednesday. But this is another one that's come up here. It was a website called CoronavirusMedicalKit.com, and it claimed to sell vaccines for COVID-19. Now, there's no vaccine out yet. If there was, we would hear about it, along with a lot of cheering from a lot of people, myself included. And um, this has been a situation where this is the first. It unfortunately won't be the last. Uh, The site was ordered down. Um, However, as of Sunday, it was still online. So it Mm. just, you know, is something to be aware of. It's too good to be true. It's always a good thing to think that it might be. Drones being used to yell at people. (laughs) Yes. This This is uh, started, I think, in Spain and um, has been used in other countries in the European Union. I haven't heard of this happening in the U.S. yet. But with all of the lockdown and orders in place, they're having to come up with some unique ways to try and enforce it. <laughs> and since this most, l- this really ahead. reminds me of an episode of Candid Camera. I don't yes. know how many people remember that show, but mm-hmm. I can just see people walking <laughs> along peacefully with their dogs, and then this, "Hey, you, get back into your house!" You know? <laughs> and that actually is kind of what's going on here. I mean, we're. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. we're seeing that in another time and place. Yeah, that would be funny. And I I know they're just you know most uh, governments of free countries th- there really isn't a want to keep people inside. So this is a very unusual uh, set of circumstances and not one that I've ever experienced in my lifetime before. Most people haven't. And um, so they're trying to come up with some ways that maintain social distancing, so you're not exposing a care worker or a law enforcement officer to potentially getting sick, but at the end, the same time trying to enforce the law. And it basically plays down, Gretchen, to what you were saying. This device comes around the corner. It's a drone with a loudspeaker on it, and the uh, person is instructed that they need to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's something you can do at your home if you have the right equipment. 3D printing for hospital equipment. Now, Jeremy, you're a 3D printing expert. What, what, What is this? Okay, uh, basically what happened is there was a, in Italy, and this is where the story comes from, uh, this uh, guy who owned, owned a 3D printing company found out that his local hospital was having a problem because they didn't have enough, uh, they're called Venturi valves, if you've ever needed one for your uh, ventilator to, to connect to, uh, ventilator to connect to a, an oxygen mask. Okay. Apparently they had a shortage of these things and the company that manufactured them couldn't keep up. Right. So apparently he uh, got a hold of one from the hospital. Uh, apparently, you know, they couldn't use it anymore or whatever. But he got a hold of it, uh, built a model of it himself, and then started 3D printing them for the hospital. See, now that's cool. That, this is something we're using new technology could help to solve a little bit of these problems. I don't know if you can 3D print a mask, really. but you, you Actually, can, you can. Oh, can you? Yes, they, there's a, a pattern out there called, uh, if I can find the name of it, now, is it the, just the framework? It's it's a framework of of the N95 face mask, so it fits over your nose and mouth, and it has a separate section for you to install the filter. So the filter okay. is in a separate removable piece from the mask, and it clips on so that you can use uh, a 3D printed face mask. And uh, there's a third company out there making um, basically what we would look at as um, it's like a like, a, like a welding mask that. It sits on your head and it holds a little plastic frame in front of your face. Right, I think right. the doctors use it for surgery. Mm-hmm. And so the people are making parts for masks and valves and, and head frame things to hold the plastic shields. So 3D printers are becoming a whole lot more useful. Yeah, well, maybe this will help to uh, to alleviate that problem then. And 
Now, 3D printer, when you say make a model, that's a 3D model in the computer, right? Yeah, and there's several different kinds of software you can use, like Blender or, um, of course, now I can't think of anything at the moment. <laughs> it could be AutoCAD? Uh, you could maybe AutoCAD. Yeah, AutoCAD and, would probably do it. And, uh, you know. yeah, you'd have a specific size of things and thickness of walls to, to figure out and how big your thing can, can actually fit on a frame. Um, but yeah, you could, you could 3D model just about anything in the, on, you know, online. You know, what we should probably do is put together a list of these resources and put it out on our social media. And, uh, because, you know, sometimes these, this type of thing, you know, 3D printers are fun, but in this case, maybe you could do something that actually could save a life or really help somebody out. Yeah. There's also a push to make the cloth masks. On a 3D printer. Now, how would you print cloth? No, no, no. Not on a 3D printer. That uh, This would involve using your sewing machine and... Oh, physically making gadgets. a mask. Okay. Yeah. Out of cotton. And I think there's some interfacing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, elastic. Elastic. Yeah. Uh, Lands actually has an online video on how to make one. All right. So let's go ahead and put that out on the social media, too. Okay. Um, a link back to that. Because, you know, again, all of these things, we're all stuck at home right now. And I know there's a lot of people out there, and we've gotten a lot of questions on this, is, you know, how can I help? Well, helping to deal with the shortages of emergency equipment for the hospitals would certainly be a way. And uh, these are some different ways that are a little bit novel, but we can all come together and be able to uh, be able to contribute, maybe. Uh, New York Stock Exchange transitions to all electronic trading. Yes, this is something I think we're going to see a lot of differences, even once we come out of the pandemic that it will change certain things. And the whole social distancing thing has forced a lot of companies to figure out different ways of doing things. The New York Stock Exchange is no different. They've transitioned so that they no longer have people on the floor for right now. They are saying that it will be brought back when it's safe to do so. But in a lot of different places, we're seeing these type of uh, changes. And I really do think that that is going to be something that's going to play into the future of how things are set up and how things are going. The electronic trading is still working, and we're still seeing the markets bounce around like crazy. So it doesn't hmm. seem to have made too big of a difference to the actual output, but it does make a huge difference in the way that it's done. This is User Friendly 2.0. We will be right back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Joining me now, Steve Mailer with his guest, Sandra Lene. Well, Bill, Gretchen, and Jeremy, thanks again. This is uh, Steve Mailer having a really fun interview with one of his friends. We have Sandy Lene, who has been a rather prolific author here in northern Nevada. She and I have been working together uh, since last spring of 2019 on a, a number of different projects. Uh, one being a, a ghost hunting documentary that I'm producing and directing that, that's been a lot of fun working with her. But it's, it's in getting to know her, I've, I've learned that she's uh, a, a rather busy lady. She's written, I should say she is co-authored, because she does have a writing partner, uh, Arlene LaFerry. They, but the, together they have created a wonderful assortment of books. Uh, 21 is my last count, I think. Uh, is that correct, Sandy? Okay, well, and and thank you so much for joining us. It's fun having you here, and I think our listening audience will enjoy hearing uh, some of the things you've written about and how they can get their hands on them. But thank you for being on the show. Um, oh, thank you. 
Bill and Bill and Gretchen and Jeremy for inviting me on the program. This is an honor to be on your your show. Well, the the honor is mutual, trust me. One of the neat things about this show is that you do meet a lot of very interesting people in a lot of different industries and a lot of different endeavors. So it's it's our honor too. So, so I'm actually I've got in my hand the weird mm-hmm. Silver Terrace Cemetery Tales Beneath the Tombstones. I love that I love that little subtitle Tales Beneath the Tombstones. Yeah. Um how did you how did you come up with that? Well, we like to write weird volumes, which are full of all kinds of very, very interesting historical um, information, trivia, thrills and chills, all kinds of things. But we wanted to write about the Silver Terrace Cemetery because Arlene happens to be known in the northern Nevada area as the Cemetery Lady. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That, yeah, that, that, that can has, be taken a number uh, of different ways. A, oh, yes. She, she is a member of the Comstock um, Cemetery Foundation. Okay. And she has written for the Nevada Historical Society many articles about cemetery, including one which I thought was fascinating. It was about the wood that was being used to carve and create tombstones and fencing around the graves. Oh. Who would think about wood? But yeah. she, if she did, and it's a fabulous article. Wow. No, so according to your book, the Silver Terrace Cemetery isn't just a single cemetery, is it? No, actually, it's comprised of 11 different cemeteries. 11 different cemeteries. I didn't realize Virginia City yeah. was that big. Um, well, because when you were buried, it wasn't just, you know, to put you in the ground. <laughs> you were buried in, um, in the different sections of the cemetery of fraternal your wealth there's potter's field like that oh so it's like the cemetery had its own caste system of like or a hierarchy Uh, it was Uh uh-huh oh well so i'm I'm also looking at at one of the the pages in the book it has a listing of some of the things that you guys have created so let's see we have um Thin Veil Investigations, 27 Amazing Ghost Hunts in Northern Nevada. I think you've been holding out on me. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was my first book that I wrote in, in uh, 2007. Okay. And actually, the stories inside, I was uh, a co-anchor of a podcast then, and we discussed the stories that were inside on the podcast. Okay. So we have, ooh, the Victorian past Haunted and Present of the Dake House. That one is going to be interesting to me because uh, you and I have done a number of uh, ghost hunt investigations at the Dake House. That has a great history. Yes, we have. It's wonderful history in that house. Let's see. The St. Charles Hotel, the Wild West Past, it's Haunted Present. I actually started reading that one, and I what I've enjoyed about that one was learning not only some of the the energies that are still at the St. Charles, but just even the history of the St. Charles in terms of it was, I think, one of the original hotels yeah, of, in, in Carson City. It was like right across. They they actually very intelligently planted it right across the street from the the legislature buildings, being that it was the state capitol. Right, exactly. Yeah. Very smart community there. Yeah, so it it made it really easy for very important dignitaries and people who had some kind of governmental business to be this planted right there across uh, from the building that they needed to do that business in. 
So let's exactly. see. Yeah. Um, and we have the St. Mary Louise Hospital, The Spirits Within. I'm, I'm also reading that one. And uh, what I've noticed yeah. about the books that I really appreciate is is not only who's still hanging out there, which is of always interest to me, but also uh, a very n- nice history of, you know, when it was built, who built it. And even a context of why it was built, you know, in particular, the, the, the St. Mary Louise Hospital, uh, you know, why it was, you know, they needed a hospital in, you know, that territory being that the Comstock was, was booming and there were lots of people and people got sick, people got hurt and they, they needed medical attention. So the, the books really do have a rich history that that you kind of lay down as a foundation, which I think is, is interesting. It's, you know, it's a really neat teaching. It is. And Arlene and I do a lot of research to make sure that all the information in the books are true and accurate. Wow. Yeah. So so you not only get some some fun ghost element stories, but you also get a history lesson of car you know, Carson right. City, Virginia City, you know, just uh places uh throughout northern Nevada. Let's see, mm-hmm. we also have um an ode to ghosts and poems written for my specters. I don't think I've uh-huh. seen that one. I, I love doing that. I have met throughout my life lots of spirits. Okay. And so I love them all and I wanted to write poems to them. So I did. Wow. Now do you ever do you ever get any indication what they think about the poetry? Oh, I think that they all kind of were clapping and applauding for me when I was writing about them. Sure. So you know, one of the you know, on some nights when you have nothing else to do, you could pull out the book, read it to them, and see if you hear any clapping. Well, they probably throw spoons or something oh. like that at me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> does that mean they like? Maybe that means they don't like them if they're throwing things at you. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> So when then we have a weird haunted Virginia City. Um, mm-hmm. See that one doesn't surprise me so much because Virginia City is noted as being um, one of the more haunted places in the country. Um, well, that title is a little deceptive because oh. haunting doesn't mean ghosts. Actually, oh. it means the haunted impressions that are still felt there okay. today. Nice. Okay. All right. I can see that differentiation. All right. Very good. So, Sandy, if someone wanted to order some of these books, uh, you know, direct them to your website, please. Oh, yes. You can sure find all my books, uh, Arlene's and my books, on my website, which is www.sandyspsychicstones.com. And I spell my name S-A-N-D-I-E. Perfect. Okay. Well, hopefully uh, you'll get a lot of new interested readers from this. Um, and these books are certainly worthwhile. Um, well, Sandy, don't go away because we have another segment coming up. Uh, but uh, just stick around. We're going to be back right after these announcements. We will be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We're rejoining Steve Mailer with his interview. Well, we're back here on User-Friendly, and we're, we're talking to a noted author, Northern Nevada author, Sandra Linnae, or Sandy Linnae, as her friends call her. 
And we've been talking about some of her books that she and Arlene LaFerry over the last, well, let's see, what, 13 years have co-authored. And the book titles just keep coming and coming, and I think that's great. In this segment, we're going to talk about another project that is near and dear to uh, Sandy's heart, and that's her radio and TV work. She yeah. has, uh, yeah. Um, in fact, I've been a guest on on both of them at one time or another. So the the tables have turned, Sandy. The tables have turned. That's right. <laughs> and I think that I think that's only fair. I think that's only fair. So tell us a little bit about the the, the television show that you produce. Well, it's called Psychic Creation. And what I do is have interviews with everyone from all walks of life, musicians, authors, and even directors of documentaries like yourself. Wow. I was I was about to say, you know, that sounds vaguely familiar. So that's uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> and that was that was that was really fun. I, I, I enjoyed myself. In fact, we did um, not only. Did we do a uh, a TV spot on on some of the stuff in, in my background? But uh, you also invited me to do a really fun. I think it was around Halloween of last year. Uh, you you wanted ghost stories for for the radio okay. program. I it was that was was that yeah. that was for the radio show, right? Yeah, that was for the radio show, okay. and I asked the staff and well everybody that I know to come on into the studio and tell mm-hmm. me your ghost stories mm-hmm. for Halloween. Yes, that was that was fun. So speaking to that, it, it, you make uh, your shows, it sounds like there's a seasonal aspect to the show, like maybe something that's for Valentine's Day or Halloween or Christmas, you know, that kind of thing. So you do, you do seasonal shows. Yes, especially on my radio show, uh, like I just did uh, Valentine's Facts and St. Patrick's Day Facts. And okay. boy, researching those, I found very interesting information. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Any, any anything uh-huh. anything really seedy to divulge, or just or just no, just fun? Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Touche. How did the TV show start? Like, where? What? What was the origin of that? Well, my first producer lives up in Lake Tahoe, and he has his own show. And he asked me to uh, be a guest on his show and in an interview. Okay. Well, I guess he liked me so much that he said. Oh, I think you're very interesting. How about your own yes, show? I and think, I said, well, no, I think that sounds good. I think your producer's so really smart. Oh, well, thank you. And well, seven years ago, this happened. Wow. So I'm uh, real happy with my show. Very cool. So if, if someone wanted to find um, some of the shows that you've done, now, it does, now, when you're doing the show, is it something, you're doing this live, right? Yes, it's a live show, but then it's recorded, I guess. It's not a live show then, but it is recorded, and it's on Access TV in Carson County and Douglas County. Oh, okay. But it first comes on YouTube. Yeah, my okay. YouTube channel is called Psychic Creations TV. Psychic Creations TV. Okay, well, I, uh-huh. I'm definitely start looking, because you probably, I mean, after seven years, you're going to have, a, am sure, a pretty impressive archive. How, how often is the show done? When I can, um, there's sometimes that uh, maybe a month will go by, I don't have any shows, and then the next month I might have one every week. It just depends on who can who can uh, come into my okay. home, which is the recording studio, yes. for an interview. Yes. Okay. And and so that's, that's for the TV show. Now, how often is the radio show done? Radio show is aired every other Wednesday um, on uh, KNBC 95.1. FM. Okay. And it's at eight o'clock in the morning. 
Eight o'clock in the morning. Okay, well, it's a good right. thing it's podcasted because eight o'clock in the morning may be too early for some people. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, do you have any? Do you have any shows coming up? I mean, I know that things are kind of on lockdown right now, so um, right. I'm sure I'm sure activity is is kind of low. But I like that the show is is done on all walks of life. So there's there's going to be something uh-huh. that interests everybody at one point or another. Mm-hmm. Well, on my radio show, I've got musicians coming up, um, art crafters, the haunted bowling alleys, Ooh. Ooh. and an exercise instructor, um, paranormal investigators, musicians. I just have all kinds of you sure do. Audiences. Wow. Well, I think there's something that's going to be of interest to everybody. Well, uh, Sandy, I certainly appreciate you coming on the show with us today. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you. And I'm sure with all everything you do, we're probably going to have to have you back at one time or another. Uh, but that, that does it for now. And uh, Bill, Gretchen, and Jeremy, back to you in the studio. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. A little later in the segment, we're going to be talking to Chaz in Las Vegas. He's down on the Las Vegas Strip, which seems to have a lot less traffic right now. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about online streaming services and some of the things that we're finding out. Now, first, uh, the movie Onward, which was actually the last movie that we got to review here before everything locked down, is going to be released early. It's a good film. I really enjoyed it. I think it's something good for the family. It's available now on digital platforms for $19.95, but if you can wait until April 3rd, it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Yay! Yay! Now, speaking <laughs> of such things, we've been playing around with some new streaming services, and I know one that we're just trying out, and I just didn't have time to do it before, is the new CBS, or not new anymore, but the CBS paid streaming service where they have all the new Star Trek stuff, and I understand you guys have been watching Picard. Yes, we just, we, I guess you would call it binge watch. Binge watch the, the season. Now, before we get into this, if anybody hasn't seen it, there may be a few spoilers here, so just you've been warned. Now, that being said, what do you guys think? Well, let's see. First of all, for all the hardcore Star Trek fans, this one's a little different. Okay. Um, it, it's more like a mystery than the normal... Uh, action adventure story per hour right so and and it's all tied together a little bit like ds9 was except this one is very much tied together um the acting is really good Mm -hmm. uh i would say the 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 design the clothing uh, the settings everything is beautiful it's it's a very beautifully done series and of course sir patrick stewart's back at playing the role of picard I mm-hmm. haven't seen it yet. I'm planning to watch it uh, maybe next week. And you'll get to see some other favorite characters. Yep. Uh, some of them you'll be glad to see, and then some of them will will um, make you shed a few tears. Right. Um, now, tell me, I don't want to let too much of this out of the bag now, but is Q back? No. Okay. There is no Q. All right, then I will watch it. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so now, what do you mean by the idea that it's more of a mystery? It, 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 it's not like there's tons of action and shooting and and people flying around and getting hit and doing this and that. You're, you're not going to have any Captain Kirk punching and fighting. 
scenes. Okay. It's it's more like you're unraveling a mystery. Okay, so that sounds kind of interesting. Now, I know there's 10 episodes that have come out so far, and I know it's been renewed for season two. And I have heard that the episode that's uh, up and coming, this is a little bit of a spoiler with the Klingons, is the best one so far. So um, that being there, said, what, there were no Klingons. The, uh, there there's no, no Klingons, Klingons in the 10 that have dropped so far. I know that. Yeah. And uh, so, Jeremy, what's your opinion of the whole thing? Because I heard it was a little bit different. It is different. It's it's not like uh, you know the traditional series where everybody's running around and it's you're on a Starfleet ship in a Starfleet uniform doing all the Starfleet Starfleet stuff, right? Picard is retired, right? And he suddenly has to go and do something, but Starfleet doesn't want to. Okay, so he's on his own trying to accomplish a mission that really needs to be accomplished with Starfleet's help, but they're not, they're not involved. All right. Well, with that, I would encourage everybody to check it out and let us know what you think. Send it into the show, one user friendly on Facebook and Twitter. And with that, let's go to Las Vegas and Chaz and see what life's like down there with the new normal. Joining me now, we're recording live actually from the Las Vegas Strip, is Chaz Wellington, who's taking a look at things in a little bit of a change in the world. Chaz, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bill. Hey, I wish I was reporting under uh, better circumstances, but, you know, the entertainment capital of the world is actually taking a nap. I'm here on the Las Vegas Strip and, and at an intersection that, you know, any at any other time would be so busy with foot traffic that it would be virtually impossible to do this segment. Uh, layoffs began mid-March here in Las Vegas, as it did, you know, around the country. Right. And, you know, it's affected more than 206,000 hospitality employees alone. There's many other from other industries, uh, you know, grocery stores and other essential businesses. You know, they're still operational to some point. Uh, construction around the city, it's continued as well. But, you know, with recent news of a construction worker at Allegiant Stadium uh, testing positive for COVID-19, you know, that could change as well. Uh, you know, maybe not a halt to construction altogether, but probably a reduction. Right. Um, and, you know, um, more importantly, uh, you know, coronavirus, it's hit home for uh, myself and a lot of others as a uh, very close friend and colleague recently was admitted uh, and to ICU in a recent in, in a, in a uh, excuse me <laughs> a little shook up here uh, at a local hospital, and she is positive for COVID nineteen and fighting for her life. So is she? Is it look like she's going to recover, or is she actually? You know, because we hear both things. Some people say, "Well, we get minor flu symptoms," but then others, it can be detrimental. Yeah, I, I really don't know the circumstances of her situation at this time. Uh, we're keeping close contact with the family, you know, of course, asking their needs and such, but they just want prayers. Yeah, so, I, can, I can only imagine the changes. I know the tourism industry is one of the hardest hits right up there with full-service restaurants and stuff. And to be able to even be out on the Strip and, and not, uh, you know, I hear a car going by every now and then again, but I'm sure it's so different from what you're used to seeing. Yes, absolutely. All I see is, you know, like I said, the the, sanit- the, the workers sanitizing the um, rails on the escalators. There's uh, more law enforcement than you would imagine at nearly every intersection. Right. But for the most part, there is nothing on the strip. So in, in Nevada, it's, it's a complete shutdown of all the casinos at this point, isn't it? Yes, every casino is shut down until further notice. Uh, I understand that there are some 
uh, hotels that are going to be taking reservations as of April 17th. Uh, to me, I'm not sure if that's actually a good idea that right. soon, but you never know. We have to anticipate that we're going to be better quicker than worse. Yeah, I know. I agree with that, and that's always kind of what gives us all hope. Well, Chaz, thank you for the report live from the strip there. It's just interesting to see how this is actually affecting everything on the ground. Absolutely. I appreciate the time to be on. Chaz, thank you for that. Before we go to break, I want to talk briefly about something that uh, is definitely happening out there, and that is the increase in this time of uncertainty and mental crisis. And just know we will get through this. Everything will get better. But if you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, you're not alone. There is hope and there is help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's free and confidential across the U.S. You can call them at 1-800-273-8255. Or if you prefer to chat online, that's an option too on their website, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. There's somebody there 24-7. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. Not a bad show this week at all. Yeah. So it's always fun to hear about what's going on. And even if we're all having to work through a very, very different time in most of our lives, it does go to show that there are still some things that we can do and play safe. I know personally, I've just been catching up on things, doing some of my continuing education classes, that type of thing. And Jeremy and Gretchen, you guys were talking about some of the stuff you were doing earlier in the show. So it's just, uh, you know, it's just a matter of getting through it, but it's important to stay healthy. They're saying that uh, mental health issues definitely are on the rise this time of year. And if you're feeling that way, make sure that you make a call. The suicide hotline and some of that other information is definitely available for anybody that needs it right now. In fact, we'll go ahead and throw that out on our social media as well. And we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the changes that we've seen out there. And one of the ones that I have noticed is fresh air. Yeah. Uh, When um, we were out and driving about, it was amazing to see how clear the sky looked. The, the blue was more blue. The clouds were more white. And the mountains in the distance, were you could actually see the detail. And this is actually something that's backed up by scientific evidence. They were showing some shots of areas in the world that are very polluted over China and over Europe and how much lower the air pollution is right now. So the idea of there being a little bit fresher air, it, it is interesting to see some of the side effects of these things. In Venice, for the first time, you can actually see through the water in the canals, yeah, and, you know, which is a big deal. There were, actually was dolphins in mm-hmm. there. So just yeah. is, just is absolutely amazing to see how nature does come back and come back very quickly, which is a, what, what really a wonderful thing. So every Wednesday, we do what's called Tech Wednesday, and this involves a short segment on whatever the topic of the week is. This last week, we were talking about cyber crimes and some of the things that are going on with COVID-19, where the bad guys are trying to get your money from you using all kinds of different schemes. And we also have a blog that comes out every week, Tech Wednesday, at theanswerportland.com. It's right there on the homepage, where we dive into a lot more details on these things. And we like the show. We program that from what you send in. So if you have something that you would like us to talk about or something that you would like us to explore, 
Please send it to us, One User Friendly on Facebook, One User Friendly on Twitter. We'll cover that again here at the very end of the show. But it's just something for you to think about because I know there's a lot of questions and a lot of times in these type of situations, our focus is on our day-to-day lives. So it's much easier for the bad guys, and Gretchen, I know you love the term, but bad actors to be able to get in there and uh, do things that they otherwise you know, wouldn't normally get away with. So send us your questions and your comments. Again, one user-friendly on Facebook, one user-friendly on Twitter. You can also call us. The phone number for the show is 503-766-6264. We are recording remotely. If you notice a little difference in the sound quality, that's why. But we're out here, and what we want to do is put together over the next few weeks programs that are based on your needs. We also have another little project coming up that we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get there that's going to be kind of cool. This is User-Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2020, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or the station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by wearetechnology.com. Podcast available at theanswerportland.com or userfriendlyshow.com.